0: Families across this country are coming together to celebrate food, blessings, and gratitude. But Thanksgiving is actually a painful reminder to the millions of indigenous peoples living across the United States. Despite the stories commonly taught about the first Thanksgiving, the truth behind this holiday is much darker and food is a big factor. At the onset of colonization, Native Americans were forced onto reservations where government commodities replaced the unprocessed and nutrient-rich foods in their original diet. Indigenous communities still face the consequences of food colonization today, but many communities have reclaimed ancestral ways of fishing, hunting, and farming. Nikki Petrie is the first female Native American Executive Director of the Center for Native American Youth at the Aspen Institute. She is a member of the Coeur d'Alene tribe and is of the Redbird clan.
1: In a perfect world, I would love for there to be truth and reconciliation around the true history of Thanksgiving. Um, I believe that the actual exchange of food happened in March, not November. I was doing some research about uh, when the colonizers first came to Wampanoag territory and um, that there was actually a war in November and so we're actually celebrating and commemorating a war.
0: From the Aspen Institute, I'm Amina Akhtar. This is Aspen Insight. In your perfect world, what would Thanksgiving look like where Native American experiences and history are truly honored?
1: I think I would first preface by saying to natives or families who do celebrate Thanksgiving or do enjoy time together as a family, that is perfectly fine and acceptable. My family, for example, has always used this time to come together and share a meal together. Of course, not this year. But I think that in a perfect world, I would love for there to be truth and reconciliation around the true history of Thanksgiving. Um, I believe that the actual exchange of food happened in March, not November. I was doing some research about uh, when the colonizers first came to Wampanoag territory and um, that there was actually a war in November. And so we're actually celebrating and commemorating a war. Um, which also led to the onset of colonization, erasure of mass people. And so I think in an ideal world, I would want people to truly acknowledge the truths and the horrific happenings that Native people have endured since the onset of colonization. More importantly, I would want people to recognize the resilience and valuable contributions that Natives still play today that expands beyond just a colonized holiday uh, marked on the last Thursday in November. When I think about Black Friday, it would be my hope that people also lean in to support Indigenous-led businesses. You know, we released a one-pager recently that included a list of uh, Native-run businesses, Native-owned businesses. And so when folks are shopping, you know, their corporate um, businesses that they also keep in mind, small businesses, Black-led businesses, Latinx businesses, Asian, Pacific Islander businesses, Indigenous businesses.
0: We are set up as children in the American school system to believe that Thanksgiving is a nice and friendly holiday. What conversations can Americans have at their table this year to change the way they celebrate and really honor the stolen land they're celebrating on?
1: I was asked a similar question um, recently, and I actually got really emotional because this is so much more than dressing up as pilgrims and as native people. Um, When we do that, we are characterizing native people. Um, We're subhumanizing native people. And in turn, that means subhumanizing myself. And so I think that that kind of it's bigger because in what way can we have broader conversations about equity, racial justice and equality and recognize the visibility of native people. And it really, Strikes a chord with me because, on a personal level, um, when I see that the continued erasure that is taught in our school system, um, you know, that Native American people are historic. In fact, until Congresswoman Deb Holland and Congresswoman Sharice Davids became the first Native women to serve in Congress, when you Googled Native American people, you only saw black and white lithographs, um, pictures, and photographs probably at the onset of colonization or um, mascot, race-based mascots. And so I know that you're asking about what would that look like, the conversations look like, but the reality is we need to unpack several hundred years of erasure, racial injustice, and essentially violence against women, violence against the land. And we need to also talk about how the United States society and the United States school system continues to perpetuate erasure of an entire race of people. And so when people come together for dinner and talk about Thanksgiving, or maybe, you know, when their kids dress up, you know, I think that a conversation on visibility that Native people are still here, and despite the radical and continued attempts of erasure of a race of people, that Native people are still here, we're being vetted for the... Department of Interior. We are leading our nations. We are working towards sovereignty. um, And we are just truly changing the way that the world sees us. But we need people to support us and lift us up and hold us on par as other human beings. We need to stop being seen as subhuman. And, you know, this goes well beyond a dinner table and goes well beyond, you know, what's taught to kids at school. But we as a society need to do better for Native people. It is a well-known fact that Native American
0: people were discounted from their original food ways. There are many Native youth who are um, fighting for food sovereignty and taking up these original ways that their ancestors used to cultivate food from their land.
1: With the onset of COVID-19 and really seeing young people lead and returning to their culture, indigenizing their diet, going back to their traditional ways of hunting, harvesting, and foraging their food has been really powerful to see. An example that we have seen with um, food sustainability is in a campaign that we run called Democracy is Indigenous. A young person from Alaska, Sam Schimmel, who's a former champion for change and serves on our youth advisory board, He harvested and fished a bunch of salmon. He smoked it in the traditional Yupik way, and went to every single door in his village, knocked on the door and said, hey, would you like some salmon? By the way, let's talk about the census. So Sam was able to truly reform and reshape the way that an entire tribal community saw civic engagement by food sustainability, by harvesting their traditional fish. Um, And so that I think that is just an example. Another is uh, one of our champions for change this year, Shavana Underwood, Um, you know, a relative caught salmon, and she canned it for them and dropped off salmon safely at different elders houses um, within her tribal community. And to just make sure that even though we have to stay apart during COVID, that we're still taking care of one another. Food plays such a huge role in so many different cultures. And obviously, natives are are no exception. So to be able to come together, um, talk about food and talk about our traditional ways of eating and hunting and fishing, and then also talk about the bigger things that are happening such as the United States census, such as what's going on in democracy and how native people need to get involved all around conversations um, you know, with our traditional foods. That's been something really exciting that we've seen. I think as we continue, um, to combat this pandemic, young people are going to continue to lean into their culture and turn to their culture, and that includes food food sustainability. As we're gearing up upon winter time, there's so many young people who are traveling with their relatives, going out hunting. You know, we just had our last uh, berry harvest at the last part of August, and so now comes a time of canning, hunting, coming together, and um, you know, this is our traditional time of like story time, and all of that surrounds food and our traditional foods. So I think that this is such a beautiful time for young people, especially to really lead um, and return to that kind of decolonized diet and go back to their traditional ways of knowing of their ancestors surrounding food.
0: If you'd like to learn more about the Center for Native American Youth, go to www.cnay.org and follow at center number four native on Twitter and Instagram. Stay tuned for the next episode, where we cover the Center for Native American Youth's 2020 State of Youth Report. Thank you to my colleagues who made this episode possible. Nikki Petrie of the Coeur d'Alene Tribe, the entire Center for Native American Youth, Christina Saccone, Pearl Mack, and former Senator Byron Dorgan. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and follow at Aspen Institute on Twitter and Instagram to stay up to date with our work. Thanks for listening.